Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 571, Industrial PD Day. We've got some jokes for your classroom. We're going to talk about PD. We're going to talk about a number of things that have happened here in the week. But we've got some useful things for your classroom. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurk. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. So, last week, I thought we were might get a day off due to snow. I and thought then, you would, yes. And then I kind of predicted we were going to have a two-hour delay. Oh. And I was wrong on both counts. We had school at a regular oh. time. However, you did have a day off <laughs> which yeah, should go in air I, quotes <laughs> yeah i didn't think we we're gonna get the day off i told people i didn't think we we're gonna have it off i think we'd have school yeah. because the the snow was supposed to hit like two o'clock it didn't it, uh, they changed it at the last minute and said no it's gonna hit around 10 o'clock and then it's gonna be at the most intensive right around when you guys are sending the kids home so we got an email from the superintendent that said we are having school tomorrow and then we got a phone call two hours later and said, we are not having school tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a wonderful, wonderful surprise. So, yeah, that's always the, you know, one of the fun things about working in, in education is, uh, you know, sometimes for the safety of the kids, you got to close. And then so you ended up with a day again in air quotes here off. So... Yeah, and just as a side note, we, we talk about seventh graders and they're unique, right? So I walked into advisory the next morning, the day mm -hmm. after. Yes. And I can't tell you the number of kids that came up to me and said, so you know how we weren't in school yesterday? Yeah. Well, that <laughs> means that the, the presentation's canceled, right? Because the day didn't happen. So, you know, we're out of it, right? We don't have to do the – no, we just do the presentations today. and. What, you know, just because we didn't come to school yesterday doesn't mean that you're not obligated to do your presentations. Ah, so, but I got the biggest kick out of the fact that the day didn't happen. Oh, you know, uh, so we just had a, one of those network blips there. Seventh graders being seventh graders. Yeah, we just had a network blip there. I don't know if it was you or me, but uh, I, you froze there, so I don't you know, know. You know, you froze. So <laughs> no, so no, you didn't no. Have... It's cold enough here that you froze. <laughs> so the day didn't happen. <laughs> right, it didn't happen. So, so they the wanted didn't to. Happen. Were they doing presentations the day that didn't happen, or were they doing presentations the day that did happen, and they wanted the extra day to work? Right, so the the twenty fifth was the day that we had off, and it was supposed to be the first day of presentations. Ah, okay. So they said, "Well, you know, the day doesn't exist, so our presentations don't exist either." And it's like, um, no, mm. it's not how this works. <laughs> There's some mental gymnastics there, boy. <laughs> They're creative. I'll give them that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they are. They made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't and... think it was funny. Yeah, we had a regular day, so. Um, I have a friend who's going to Spain. You do? But he doesn't understand, a, you know, he doesn't understand Spanish at all, doesn't speak Spanish. Okay. And I said, the you know, the most important thing you need to remember is to say mucho as much as possible. Mm. Because to Spanish, the Spanish people, that means a lot. It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we had some kids went to the Natural uh, History Museum. Oh, yeah. And one of them asked the guard, they said, they saw the dinosaur bones and they're like, how old are they? And the guard said, they are 73 million, four years and six months old. Hmm. I kind of looked at him and said, that's pretty precise. He says, well... The dinosaur bones were 73 million years old when I started here, and that was four and a half years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. 
<laughs> that was one that I liked way, way more than I should probably, but that's okay. Um, I do seem to be developing an irrational fear of German sausages. Oh. Yeah, I fear the worst. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but didn't have uh, didn't have any worse. But did have dinner with Gary Kasparov. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the tablecloth was checkered. Oh, sure. Yeah, it took him twenty minutes to pass me the salt. Oh, sure. The good news is, at the end of the meal, he did offer to pay. He said, "Pass oh. me the check, mate." Oh, there you go. There you go. Nice guy. <laughs> Uh, three tons of hair was stolen from the wig factory. Really? Yeah, police are combing the area. Oh, sure. <laughs> and finally, how did the hacker get away from police? Oh, I don't know. How did the hacker get away from the police? She ran somewhere. Oh. Hmm. And then it's still looking, obviously. Yeah. I, I got a question, though, about with the, with the previous <laughs> joke. Okay. Was the salt on his side and the pepper on your side? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, of course it was. <laughs> okay. Let's check it. That's the only way the joke works. <laughs> you didn't sacrifice we, the pepper along the way. I guess way, we could you? have said we exchanged the salt and the pepper. It took us Oh, there minutes. you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Um Oh, somebody's got to save this. So <laughs> let's let's see if we can um, take a look at the whole ecosystem of the show and even the dynamics. And you know, when we need to do that, it's best that we uh, we turn this over to an outside source to the wonderful, the fantastic Mr. Dave Bidlowski. And he's got something on eco-dynamics this week. Oh. Um, and I think it's just terrific. So here, without further ado, is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the January-February 2023 issue of Science Scope, a magazine for middle school science teachers published by the National Science Teaching Association. And I read the section from the editor's desk, written by Patty McGinnis, the editor of Science Scope. And she wrote an article entitled Ecosystem Dynamics. And she wrote, A healthy ecosystem can be defined as one that has the ability to maintain its structure and function over time in the face of external stress. Managing ecosystems in a manner that creates resilience and long-term sustainability is more crucial than ever. This is easier said than done. For example, when wolves were introduced to Yellowstone in 1995, They triggered a series of events that have led to a more robust ecosystem as a result of decreased browsing by elk. As a byproduct of predatory pressure exerted by wolves on elk, willow stands have recovered, resulting in increased populations of animals that rely on that vegetation, such as beaver and songbirds. In turn, beaver dams have improved riparian areas by slowing stream flow and slowing erosion. Biologists refer to this event as a trophic cascade, an event in which one organism can trigger a multitude of other events that can lead to significant changes. The return of the wolf to Yellowstone triggered a trophic cascade that surprised even seasoned ecologists as they realized that ecosystems are even more complex than previously thought. Although scientists are still studying Yellowstone, it is clear that the wolf reintroduction has resulted in a more diverse and resilient ecosystem. The Yellowstone story is unusual since typically it is the removal or introduction of an organism that triggers an imbalance in the ecosystem. The removal of keystone species, the introduction of invasive species, 
Alterations in the numbers of primary producers can all impact ecosystem integrity. Indeed, the threats to ecosystems today are perhaps greater than they have ever been. While some ecosystems are inherently more fragile than others, all ecosystems will be indubitably impacted by climate change, fragmentation, and habitat loss. Sharing the story of Yellowstone gives us hope that humans can, through their actions, implement changes that can improve ecosystem resilience. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. And uh, you and Dave agree very, very, very much on formatting. <laughs> do we now? Yes. Oh, you do not put two spaces after a period. Do. It's two. It's two. It's so not two. Really ground that into us. It's two. I know it was when there was typewriters, but we're no what longer on this typewriters. Is just, this is a typewriter. Just it looks different. That's all. <laughs> Oh, you needed to read uh, Robin Williams, The Mac is Not a Typewriter. Good book. Not that Robin Williams, though. No, no. I Yeah, I, uh, yeah <laughs> wonderful design on internet uh, uh, design. Uh, I read her book on uh, web pages years and years ago. Yeah. Very cool. So we actually started off with from the front lines because we, we were talking about the day. You had Wednesday off, Thursday... I kind of thought we were going to be off, and since I had to do a whole bunch of stuff that was um, not interactive, I was able to work from I was able to work from home on Thursday. Um, doing did a remote day because I had a whole bunch of stuff that I needed to do that I didn't I didn't really need I, I needed to talk to one person, and we can do that you know via google meet or zoom or whatever mm -hmm. um and I, and I was talking to somebody on friday and I said, you know it's we were talking about remote work and i thought i said you know for the past probably 10 years there were times when i could have worked remotely <laughs> but no one that would not have been copacetic Mm -hmm. Until COVID hit. And now all of a sudden working remotely is kind of like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, um, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't obviously do it all the time. It's rare that I do do it, but there's times when it's like, look, I can get a lot more done if I just sit and do this, these things that have to be done. So, um, and I'm wondering how many other people are in that position as well. I mean, obviously teacher, classroom teacher you're not gonna you know be able to do unless well i guess unless they're they're uh, the snow day thing i guess comes into play so do you guys have right. traditional snow days or do you have virtual days or what do you do for snow days so years ago when we first did the one-to-one -one program the current superintendent at the time did say that we would honor the traditional um snow day experience in giving the mm -hmm. kids the day um i could see that in the future uh changing because certainly we have the ability right now to say hey you know what let's do a delay sleep in we're going to start school a little later you're going to you know go to quote-unquote classes and then uh there's just be a shortened day and then you know do your, do your work one of the things we run into is that uh parents don't see it as school in our district mm -hmm parents just see it as like playing on the computer. And so as a result, it doesn't matter what we as teachers do. The parents aren't um, trained to think of it as a learning opportunity there. It's a cultural, traditional day off, go have fun day. So I don't expect that we'll do it anytime soon until that, that culture changes where they take it seriously, like a school day, because they won't do anything and the, and the parents won't force their kids to do anything. It's just that's the way it is. It's not a criticism. It's just that's the reality we live in. Right. Or I live and in. For, for us, the first two days are traditional snow days. And then oh. after that, we have uh, we have virtual days. So there's, there's lots of planning that needs to kick in. 
um, you know, there's, um, so for, for us, we still have to, we still have to have lunch. So we send lunch home the day before, you know, oh. prepackaged lunch. Um, and, and then not all of the kids take the devices home every day. So that has to be planned as well. Um, but what it does do is it means we don't have to extend the school year, um, you know, from beyond farther into summer. Um, and it just is kind of a, you know, I think everyone is pretty comfortable with that now. So and comfortable with the, the learning process and we're able to continue on with that. So it kind of works out. So that has changed um, in terms of classroom teachers as well. But, uh, but like I said, for, for me, I've, I, you know, I've long been able to, <laughs> I frequently do things that I need to do. I could do them from anywhere. And, and I used to do that. I used to do that frequently. I would go to different schools and like work from different schools and, you know, be able to talk, you know, if I needed to talk to somebody or whatever. But, so, yeah. You also had a PD day this past week as well, did you not? I, I did. I had a PD day. And then I also had a, a mentor-mentee uh, half day, wow. which was actually pretty functional and, and useful. You know, we talk about, like, this is how we do things in the school. This is how our district handles things. Do you have any mm -hmm. questions or any struggles? Or is there any challenges you're seeing in your classroom? You know, here's some advice on how to handle that, or here's what to do in that situation, or, you know, things that pop up. And it helps them look forward to what's coming through the year by saying, mm -hmm. all right, so now we need to focus on this. And now we need to focus on this. Don't worry about this until we get to that point, and we'll talk again. So it helps them stay. Um, it helps reduce the stress by saying, you don't have to worry about that now. That's later down the road. Or, yeah, it's too late. Can't do anything about that. Let's focus on this. <laughs> and I have uh, a couple of things that, uh, later on the show about PD days as well. So oh, okay. it's interesting that you're I, able to get a PD day and cause those are so number one, those are usually pretty few and far between, um, across education. So. Well, we did have, uh, an, an industrial PD day. Industrial PD Day. Industrial PD Day. That's where somebody from the PD industry came in. <laughs> and like uh, we spent half a day with the industrial PD. Uh, maybe the whole system should be called the industrial PD complex. <laughs> there, yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah. And... Um... And like I said, I have a couple of things coming up because it's frequently hard for in education to get PD days, to get them on the schedule, um, you know, because that means that parents have to do, it, it impacts parents and impacts mm -hmm. community. Um, and in some other cases, it can be tough to get substitutes if you're doing like not the whole like if you're doing a release day kind of thing for just one or two or five or whatever the magic number is, teachers getting right. substitutes can be a challenge in that. So, so yeah, but we'll talk a little bit, bit more about that. But so you were able to get uh, a PD day and kind of a half. Those mentor meetings are really some of the most powerful things that can happen, though. So that's really good that that was able to take place. So. Um, I have a tip for science teachers, uh, and that okay. is if you are going to light matches, um, yeah. please please let the, <laughs> the rooms around you and the office know. <laughs> <laughs> a little sign on your door. Today we're burning stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, smell smoke travels. <laughs> Today we ignite the flames of knowledge. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
yeah, that was uh, that was kind of one of those interesting things. Uh, you know, people did the right thing. You smell smoke. You should, you know, that's right. Get make sure that everybody's safe and um, take care of that. So, um, just a reminder to to folks if they listen to the show regularly, you are moving buildings. You're not moving buildings. You're moving from one building to another building next yes. year, right? Yep, it's going to happen. We end of this year. This is the last year that uh, we'll be in a middle school, and next year we'll be a middle school that has been wedged into a high school. Ah, wonderful. So yes, we're doing things like uh, finding out that uh, you know room numbers may have changed. Uh, we're trying <laughs> Your to squeeze into. Hey, <laughs> I was talking with a science teacher yesterday, and she said. I got this room in the corner. It's over by the cafeteria. And I said, wait a minute. Like right next to the kitchen where the serving line is? She goes, yeah. You know what? I said, yeah. That's the teacher's lounge. <laughs> she goes, well, that's my room. I said, it is? <laughs> yeah. She goes, that's my room. I said, do you have a choice? <laughs> Was Did you want that? She goes, no. I didn't. Wow. It's the only one that I can have. I was like, all right, well, we're going to find some consolation prizes or something for you, but, <laughs> you know, something to put over the kids' ears. But, yeah, no, so it's it's going to be an adventure, and I'm already starting to do some – so here's an interesting thing. I did not know existed or happened, but there were some folks walking through the building, and they were – it was uh, three guys, and they would stop at a door. They'd open the door, so they had a key. I don't know how they got it. Um, they walk in, and all three would frantically write on their clipboards, right? Then they go out, they shut the door, and they go to the next room. <laughs> and okay. say anything. We don't know why they're there. They're not talking to us. They just come in and they write, scribble. You, you, I mean, it's, it, you could hear it. It's the. If I didn't know better, I'd say three guys walked into a into a classroom. <laughs> or I was the beginning of a joke. That's right. And you're scribbling. And uh, so finally, I said, guys, what are you what are you doing? Oh, uh, we're just taking a quick inventory to see how many how many boxes are at whatever we need to move the classroom. I said, you can just walk in and know. Oh, yeah. They said, we just walk in. We just take a look. We can find out. I said, I'll see you in a few minutes when you get to my room. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff because um, I've been teaching for a long time. And I just mm -hmm. so I, I was an encore teacher and you never knew when you're going to have to teach something again. Right? right. I still have that feeling, even though I haven't taught an encore class now in. Uh, 15 years but i still feel <laughs> but, like i'm gonna go back to encore just in case i still got that careers class stuff too so teachers really are pack rats we are mm -hmm. I, there's a couple that aren't and i look at them like oh i'm envious but you scare me because you don't have anything to fall back on when you when you need it and I know this because they come to me and they go, I don't have anything to fall back on which to change things. <laughs> well, all right. And I know this because. <laughs> yeah, it's been there and had that happen to me. So, yeah, no, um, we're moving. Um, I already have uh, some cover boxes that I've already uh, uh, purchased. Uh, so here's a, here's a funny thing. Um, we asked for a bunch of stuff last year. Uh, we asked the district to buy materials right so we get x number of dollars to spend every year right right okay we get Pretty we usual. get a hundred dollars to spend in our classroom every year any way you want and <laughs> right any way we want right you can spend a uh, hundred bucks as long as it's in this book as... <laughs> okay. it's in this book you can spend it yeah. so they didn't realize it but in this book is moving boxes so i i asked for moving boxes and everybody asked for a ton of stuff and it all got denied except for my moving boxes. <laughs> so I got moving boxes. Yay. Um, and I started to fill some up and the kids are like, it's not the end of the year. I said, but it's winter is coming. It will be. Um, and so I've already had some like the eighth graders. Uh, some have come back and they've said, so, you know, when you go to move your room, I said, yeah, they said, we want to help you pack. <laughs> okay. Okay. Am I packing it for my house or for your house? <laughs> yeah um yeah so but it's very nice of them to offer to come and help. I, I trust the 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 two young ladies that came and asked to help um i trust them mm -hmm. but that's the next thing that's going to happen is uh 
so by way of illustration, all right, by way of illustration, uh, 12 years ago, the principal at the time told the custodians that she wanted to move my classroom to a different room. And um, the custodians came all mass all together at once and said, um, he has a lot of stuff. Would you consider moving anybody else? Because we <laughs> we're not doing that. And she did. She moved somebody else and left me in the room. Cool. So I, I have stuff. As a principal, there was several teachers that I would tell um, every every year. I would tell them, I am going to move you one door to the right, <laughs> one classroom to the right. <laughs> Just because they had so many treasures. And I didn't, mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, I, you know, some people ended up moving, but I didn't. But but the point was they had so many treasures, <clears throat> junk, <laughs> that that you know the process of moving would help them go through that, and some of them got the tip. You know, some of them would try <laughs> to, to thin out some of the stuff, but it was tough for them. So, yeah, I've been finding things I haven't taught in fifteen years, and sending it to people who are currently teaching it saying, I'm not, I, I don't intend to teach this again here. Yeah. You take it, you know, and you could use this that stuff. There comes a point where it's not really relevant anymore. So, you know, you got to know which of those things are, are relevant and which ones aren't. So see, I'm thinking there's a, a there's a, a Kenny, um, uh, what was his name? Kenny, there's a song in here somewhere. Uh, you got to know when to hold them, know when to throw them. Uh, Kenny Rogers. That's it, Rogers. Thank you. Uh, you can tell on the Trivial Pursuit section, the music and art <laughs> section, not my section. Not my thing. We'll man. never get that wedge. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, speaking of wedges. Um, yeah. We, I did see a, I did see a little bit of spear fishing this week. Um, some of our parent groups got targeted, so this is um, kind of a reminder to, especially for administrators, remind your parent groups that you know you're you're not going to ask for gift cards. Um, and you're certainly not going to ask for them to send you the code. You're not going to see them in person, um, you know, that through email to be very cautious about requests for things and, and the usual tips, because, you know, um, for a lot of, a lot of parents, a lot of communities have parents that really want to help. And if they see something that they think is coming from a principal or a teacher, um, you know, they, they frequently will respond and try to help mm -hmm. that, that out. And especially when you're on a phone where it's a little harder to see what the actual email address is, um, you know, be, be aware of that. Um, and uh, just put those reminders out for, for your community because a lot of email addresses are very, very public. Um, and it's, sometimes mm -hmm. it's easy to get a hold of those. So just be wise and help parents out and let them know that, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to request something, you'll do it in person and you'll make the exchange in person kind of thing. Um, and you know that they want to help, but here's some tips <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, we've got some tips of working with, I have trouble saying this is knowledge, but um, with no ledge. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done, I, I've, I've um, got a couple of things completed. I did something for a teacher um, on um, Aram. Um, he had a link. Oh. I said, send me a link. And he's, so he did. And it was a thing that had video and uh, text. So I ran that through, processed it, shared it back with him. Um, and what I did is I put it into Moodle. Um, 
and made him a teacher of that so he could okay. edit all the h5p materials and add things if he wanted and um, you know correct any grammar or punctuation or anything like that um, but he is pretty happy with it it's a good starting point for him um, interestingly it did not make the video an interactive video which i thought was kind of interesting oh really yeah so did it pull out the grammar and give you a grammar list? I have to double check. I really didn't. I was, there was some other projects that I was working on, so I didn't have a time to, I just processed it and, you know, shared it with mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really go through and take a look at it yet because I was working on some other things. But again, I think, you know, as, as he said, because uh, we talked about it, I said, you know, it doesn't do the higher level thinking things. You really got to do that. And he's, yeah, but it's, yep. it's, uh, it's a great start. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, saves so much time. I should. If, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I think he's uh, actually requesting a beta. So, you know, other people oh, out wonderful. there, if you're interested, they do on their website, you can go and um, request to be part of the beta. So, I showed it to a teacher yesterday during our social studies meeting. And, um, she looked at it and she said, well, if, if it does all this for me and all I have to do is, you know, these three clicks, well, I think I could use an LMS. I think I could actually, <laughs> you know, use. Yeah. And I was like, you could have used it before, but she, she has, she, she's got a lot more skills than she likes to give herself credit for. Right. Um, but, uh, she, the very first thing she asked was, Hey, that says Google classroom on that button. Will this go to Google Classroom? And I hovered over it, and it had the red circle with the line through it. Mm -hmm. So it's not there yet. Um, but knowledge has been a wonderful little tool. I used it on a video. I shared it with uh, the the other seventh grade social studies teacher, and he looked at it and said, "Man, this must have taken you a lot of time." And I said, "No." I said, "Here, let me show you how to do it." <laughs> At the very end, he's, he's, he signed up for the beta. Um, mm -hmm. I got the tech coaches signed up for the beta. The uh, the the lady that I showed it to yesterday, who's, who doesn't think she have com has computer skills, but she does, um, she signed up for the beta. Um, and then the assistant principal said, would you mind showing this at the teacher's meeting next month? Sure. Okay. We'll do that. So I mentioned we're going to have a number of other betas or another other number of other folks sign up for the the beta i'm excited about it i like it um i would make this part of my curriculum toolkit i think i think your suggestion about taking this and developing it into a deeper course right. Right. is a good one and i think it's very interesting and because this is not going to be the only project right there's going to be more right. of this so it's going to become a a question of it will how available will this be? Um, are textbook companies going to start processing this? Um, right. And one of the issues with Google Classroom, I think, if Google Classroom, if they do get that to work, is going to be all they're going to be able to do is provide links, right? Right. Because Google Classroom can't handle H five P. So it would be, you could provide a link to something though. So they would be housing the information and this is going to be a mm -hmm. paid product at some point. So if you don't pay for it, do you then lose access to it is going to be part of the question. Yeah. Um, so whereas if you do it as an H5P activity and then download the H5P activity, you have the H5P activity. It's yours. Yep. You have to have some place mm -hmm. to house it. So, you know, you upload it to your LMS and, um, and you know, you, you can, you can adjust it. You have control over that though. Um, mm -hmm. And then you also have control of that information. All that student information is also um, staying with, wherever your own, whatever your LMS is. But yeah, it's been very interesting. I did find that, um, cause I did one on Gettysburg animated battle map. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, there was some places where it didn't, uh, capitalize a name or something, you know, it, 
cap it'd be like general lee it would capitalize general mm, but yeah. not lee so all right Correct. Well, yeah so i can go in and fix that that's not that's not huge um but it did ask some interesting questions it created i created like everything that i could so you know i did the drag and drop questions there was a crossword i don't remember if i did find mm -hmm. find the words though i'm not big on find the words just me, kind of me personally um i may have because i was doing everything but i certainly think it's interesting and i think that it is a way of using ai that could benefit teachers and help them take some of the uh, monotony and the uh, mundane processes and get those off your plate so you can do other things so uh, I want to. I did offer to a couple of other teachers, and I especially wanted to do science and a math one. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the science teacher, uh, science teacher, is going to give me some stuff. Uh, still working on math, uh, but the social studies was pretty doggone good for a start. So I'm interested to see what happens with the math. They did say that the mathematical expression part is not um, rolled out yet. But it'd be interesting to see what it does even without that specific piece rolled out yet. I think I think it could be surprisingly well done. Yeah, that's well, a guess. I don't know. That's what I want to see. So So yeah. So and you know, we'll we'll keep you in the loop with uh with what's going on here as well. Speaking of keeping people in the loop, uh yeah. they may want to check out the social web as well. I, I thought you were going to say, uh, and Sean is going to be busy keeping people loopy uh, <laughs> or expressing his loopiness. Speaking of loopy, she's not loopy, but I like, she's a lot of fun. Susie Dent at Susie Dent. Uh, the word of the day is Bayard. It's a 16th century word. One who shuts their eyes to reality has all the confidence of ignorance. Who does that sound like? Right. Mm. About mm -hmm. 30 of them an hour. So, yeah. Um, it's been fun watching the kids do presentations as they get rid of their Bayardness and begin to realize there's a whole new world of people out there who might know something. Uh, I, this is for you. This is from Puns at the Punny World. Mm -hmm. I hurt my knee slipping on the ice in front of the police station. I went inside to complain, but they charged me with a fell on knee. Mm-hmm. There you go. You don't you don't want to miss your demeanor on that. That's true. That's right. Yep. Uh, Musin Bashir at uh or I'm sorry, hashtag GPT Insider uh at Musin Bashir uh, underscore AI. So he made a list of the ten best alternatives to chat GPT AI. And there's a list of them. There's chat. There's GPT three, which is what Chat GPT replaced, I believe. Uh, Open AI, which uh, I'm sorry, by Open AI, uh, Bert by Google, and so Google's working on something. Uh, mm -hmm. ExcelNet by Google, uh, Robert A by Facebook, Albert by Google. Hmm, interesting. T five by Google, <laughs> CTRL or Control by Salesforce eight. I'm sorry, not eight. Salesforce. Number eight is Transformer XL by Google, uh, XLM by Facebook, and Megatron by Nvidia. Mm. So uh, the neural engine in some of these chips may be maybe written by uh, a number of different people here. Anyway, so there's a suggestion, some things to look at. You know, as alternatives to ChatGPT. Uh, ChatGPT is blocked in my district. Um, <laughs> Really? For very good reasons. Yeah, it is. Uh, because uh, uh, we've had kids already figure out how to use it. Um, there was, and I don't think we talked about this, but some you, you talked about it. You, you're the one who showed me this, but I found, I saw this morning on TV where there's been other examples of where ChatGPT has been used for um, uh, serious uh, test-taking uh, skills. <laughs> Wharton Business School. Yeah. Master, master of uh, Business. Yeah. Uh, Final exam. It passed. And somebody used it on the accounting uh, certification test. 
Mm. It also passed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So your district, are they blocking every instance of chat GPT? I mean, because this is a whack-a-mole situation. Well, and, and specifically, it's not specific to the district because we have to use a, a, a service provider blocker, right? And I think it's they them who are doing that. Um, they're filtering. So how many of them? I don't know. I've not tried a lot of them, uh, but okay. I do know that... Uh, well, Ask I also know that... Uh, Ask the kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dolly 2 doesn't work either. Okay. So I haven't tried a bunch of them, but knowledge, or knowledge, uh, knowledge does work. That's... Uh-huh. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Yes. You've heard about creating uh, a sensation. Well, this is biosension. At N O R R A D nor ad, um, they they provide a link, and this is first all. Uh, first up, we've got Chinchilla, the GPT three killer, developed by DeepMind with seventy billion parameters and four times the data as Gopher. This bad boy is sure to impress, but beware, it's not quite ready for prime time. Um, so there you go. Biosension has a. Uh, uh, suggestion for a GPT uh, style uh, thing called a chinchilla. Now, I should mention something, um, and we talked about this in the show. Probably should have. Th- I should have probably thrown this up in the uh, what we're working on. I used Chat GPT to create a whole ton of questions for a Geography B. Then we spent yesterday sitting around the table just hacking those into Moodle really quick. And by hacking, clicking, and dragging is what we're doing. Um, and it, you know what? Coming up with, I think we've got. 300 questions. I came with 300 questions in about 30 minutes, just using chat GPT. Um, you know, if we'd have sat down and had to create these questions on our own. Yeah. Oh, right. So, I mean, it could be a really cool tool. So yeah, it's, it, it, it may, it may start to become, uh, we, we teach people how to ask good questions, not necessarily, memorize tons of stuff but that's a whole other show i think yeah and i'm starting to see and hear from people talking about prompt writing about Mm -hmm. the importance of writing good prompts and there's several news organizations now that are using um ai to write articles and apparently there is at least one of them that's hiring a prompt writer. So oh. instead of instead of hiring a journalist, they're hiring a prompt writer to wow. format prompts. And that's gonna be a that potentially could be a thing is how good of a prompt, whether it's for a an image generator. Right, um, Dolly Two, Stable Diffusion, um, Mid Journey, or a text creator, um, mm-hmm. you know, Chat GPT, or uh, any of the lists that that you just went through. Uh, so it's going to be kind of interesting, and I think it's a thing to te- you know, it's a it is a a thoughtful thing that you got to learn, and um, you know. But it's something to to work with the kids on it. So, um, yeah. Descent. ChatGPT is creating a lot of descent, and there is also a descent teacher <laughs> uh, posted at ADU Dissenter. Uh, and it, it sounds a little grouchy, so just just beware. I've been teaching for twenty five years. I'm tired of building my own curriculum. I was thinking to myself. So here's the question. Is building their own curriculum or their own curriculum resources? Uh, good question. Don't know. Um, they didn't uh, ex- uh, uh, profound or, uh, uh, elaborate on that. Because I've seen it, it's so many times I've seen teachers refer to the book as the curriculum. Right. I remember right. in a previous yeah. life where we were looking at changing the the textbook that we were using 
and uh, a teacher got up and said, so we're changing our entire curriculum? <laughs> and I watched the curriculum director's head start spinning around rather rapidly. <laughs> so like, no, the curriculum's the same. <laughs> we're just using a different book. And so, and this is one of those places where it's like OER, if OER were fully vetted you, you'd be just be picking and choosing you wouldn't be building or maybe you would be building but you'd have the resources there so yeah yeah it's a conundrum it is a conundrum that could be solved by the right knowledge <laughs> at knowledge underscore app n-o-l-e-j Auto-generate learning interactives in minutes. One upload or copy URL to any content. Two, Knowledge AI will analyze the semantic meaning. Three, it will generate a plug-and-play ready library of interactives. Uh, and we've talked about knowledge here previously in the show, but I thought I'd throw it in there because it's one of the AIs that uh, wasn't mentioned in the list before. Um, but if you, get, if you get a chance, sneak over there, send it for the beta. I think you'll like it. And we talked about like uh, the whole lesson design thing, but if you don't like everything that's in there or you don't want everything that's in there, you can just click on the individual pieces and say, well, just give me that piece. Mm -hmm. or, I just want that piece, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of control I think you have as a teacher in there that you would re really appreciate and find useful. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Berard, Mr. Berard at Mr. Berard at pilot underscore me. Well, there's an E on the end of pilot. Uh, hashtag EduGlow. Getting to send a pupil on their way by quoting Discworld Lords Ventari. I think this is yours, isn't it? It's, uh, no, no, this is you. <laughs> nope. That's a lie. This is, this is a book by Terry Pratchard. Pratchett, sorry. Um, Terry Pratchett. Um, and get to quote... Do not let me detain you. <laughs> Which um, That'd be good for hallway, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Mr. Berard also um, pointed out when an eighth grader unpacks for you why he thinks negative numbers aren't real, and you gotta admit <laughs> he's on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, a couple of those that I thought was was fascinating so um we talked a little bit about professional development and over at edu surge uh, ed surge sorry um there was a um by matt homrich kneeling he's got uh student activists and leadership club of seventh graders and he posed the question to them um the, well, the students were frustrated by the teacher's lack of focus on building classroom community and supporting student self-confidence so he said you want to do pd for the teachers <laughs> and they, they were like, yes! And then they're like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that? <laughs> um, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so they ended up planning a student-led PD. And they brainstormed independently, in small groups and large groups. And they came up with uh, powerful ideas and aha moments. So they ended up running professional development for the teachers and reflecting on what life is like for a student. And I thought this was interesting. And I think that this is something that uh, other places might be uh, interested in pursuing. That instead of you know, one-off PD about, you know, the latest um, pedagogy. What about, what is what is a student's life like? What do students want you to know? Um, and seeing that and feeling that um, 
would would be kind of a different thing. And I also think it's really good for the students. I think that this could really help the students process like, well, what is it like as a teacher and um, to also be heard. So uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was seventh grade uh, as well. And uh, so it might be something that you want to check out. And if you do, uh, there's an article over there for you. You can um, play around with that a little bit. Speaking of playing around, um, I told, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I, I, I think I, I did. Yeah. Um, Library of Congress, there's an add-on you can use for Google Chrome hmm. that pops open a, um, a public domain picture. So whenever you create a new tab, bam, like, so whenever I create a new tab in, in Chrome, in one of my profiles, because <laughs> you can have multiple profiles in Chrome. So uh, when I hit a new tab, I get a, I get just a random picture. And I got to tell you, this brings me joy every time that I do it. It's like, huh, well, that's interesting. Um, and, it, you know, it's just kind of a neat look into usually a historical picture because these are public domain pictures. Um, and sometimes I find myself thinking like, oh, what's going on in that picture and all that? Well, I also found something called the Chrono Photo Game. Um, did you get a chance to play this? Uh, uh, not, not did you get a chance. Did you actually play this, Mr. McGurr? I did not get a chance to play this because of the, the activities from, you know, the past couple of days. Um, but I did tell a couple of teachers about it and said, you can try this with me and tell me what you think. And they're trying it. They tried it with, uh, they're going to try it with their classes on Monday. So, okay. This is, this is fun. You get a picture and you get a timeline. The timeline is from 1900 to 2022 and it has a slider on it. So you get a picture and then you slide the slider to the year you think the picture is. The picture was taken. And then you get points based on how close you are to the correct year. I think it's fun just because the pictures are fascinating. And then you have to really use context clues. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? You got to look at you, you. you, So it's a different way of looking at some of these primary source images. And I think it's a neat. I find it interesting just to play. And you get five rounds before you, and then you get it like each game is is five rounds and you get you know your high score um but it's interesting and I, I just find you know looking at the picture and going okay well i see this so or that style of dress kind of tells me that it's probably from this era um i had one yesterday that was really tough because <laughs> it was a more recent picture um, and it was not in America, um, but it was, so I was looking at the roof lines and going, well, there's a lot of dish satellites and, <laughs> you know, trying to just figure it out. But I just think it's fun. I think it's something you could do with kids to help them kind of see things, but it might be just something that's fun. It's kind of a shared experience. Um, mm -hmm. There is a um, there's a button that you can click to make the picture bigger, um, and then you can zoom and scan around it if you want. Um, but you could and you could also use these as writing prompts if you wanted. But it's just for me, I think it's um, would be could be a shared experience, could be learning to use context clues. Um, I have one right now of a. Uh, small girl standing in some kind of factory where there's a lot of spools of thread. It's a black and white picture. Um, and I'm going to guess it's, you know, an older one because a, I'm, I'm guessing she's working there. <laughs> and eventually we did away with uh, um, um, you know, that and this picture, I guessed 1917, and it was taken in 1909. 
So I got 43 points for it. So it's just quick and easy. Um, and I think it's something you can share with, with kids. Um, we've talked, we talked previously about Yale has a course on the science of happiness. And they have taken that course and they have changed it to the science of well-being for teens. And this is housed in Coursera, comes from Yale University, does not confer grade, credit, or student status, <laughs> um, if you take the course. And um, just a reminder that Coursera is not designed for kids under 13. So kids have to be 13 or up in order to um, participate. Um, that's part of the whole SIPA um, process there. Um, but it is a six-week course um, that brings together the best insight from Dr. Lori Santos' popular Yale course, Psychology and the Good Life. Um, but it's targeted at teenagers. The ultimate goal is to help them feel better and build healthier habits. Um, parents, teachers, and other professionals supporting teenagers may also find the course beneficial. Um, and that's one of the things that, quite frankly, that was one of the reasons that I marked this one. It might be something good to go through, take what you learn, and provide that for kids as well or potentially share it with parents or and say hey you know you might want to check this out um, and see what's going on uh, have you taken any courses through Coursera I have not there? no I um I am all set for my next teacher certificate for um, the state of Michigan mm -hmm. I have been for about six months and so I'm keeping my powder dry and I'll use it for my next certificate. I'll take a bunch of stuff and knock those uh, requirements out so that I don't have to worry about it later on. Yeah, Cours Coursera, I don't know if they have a lot of teacher education credit things, but they do have some, they have a variety of courses. So, some of them are free, some of them are pay. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of them are just like you could do things for just for fun, for hobby kind of things and that as well. So I I haven't done right. a Coursera course in a while, but I have I did do some some you know <laughs> I think one of them might have been like an HTML course or something fun like that. <laughs> oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, for personal yeah. entertainment. <laughs> you know. How to format cron jobs. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's something I appreciate, by the way. I'm glad you took that course. So, um, and I'm glad I didn't have to. <laughs> critical, critical media literacy. This is one that I thought was very interesting as well. Um, and this is um, for, oops, I got the. Got the wrong, got the wrong one. Sorry, um, I, I had gone on, um, and I have to come back. And if I wouldn't have said anything, people wouldn't have known that. I need to be better at vamping. Um, this is a media guide, the Media and Me: A Guide to Critical Media Literacy for Young People. Um, and this is interesting. This is the critical media liter, um, critical media literacy, CML. And what they're really looking to do is to get kids, to get users to look behind the screen is what the, what they say. And they're trying to get um, people to ask questions like, um, who has the power? Um, what stereotype stereotypes are included? Um, who kind of wrote it? Who paid for it? Why did they create it? What's the purpose of it? Um, asking a lot of those questions. They do point out that there, you know, we, we usually 
look at media literacy from either a protectionist or a celebrationist position. Um, protectionist being that uh, you know media's bad. You 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 got to find you got to find the dangerous things and block them. Um, the celebratory position is more of your uh, considered an active agent and your knowledge and media use are rewarded. Um, and they're taking a slightly different look at it, kind of a little deeper look at it. Um, so it's an interesting perspective. And um, I think it's something to that I'm going to delve a little deeper into and uh, try to figure out how you combine this and make it practical as well. Uh, so it was a, a really nice write-up over there. Um, got a couple of resources for you here as well. Free bingo cards. Um, if you want to do, if you need to do something that's just kind of uh, fun, you can make bingo cards. Um, the bingo card generator. Um, there is a. There is. A, I forgot who this is. Uh, Nicholas Rogue, Rogu. Ah, sorry, Nicholas. Um, he's created a series of geometric prime posters, and he oh. built this using um, a unique shape. It was designed to the digital root of each prime number, <laughs> and then a color palette was assigned to each type of shape to create completely unique um, posters that refer to a geometric prime. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's very pretty. <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, a certain way of thinking that goes along with that. Um there was an excellent YouTube video, kind of a documentary um, from the the daughter of uh, Miss Mink, um, from Wendy Mink, and she talks about how her mom ended up writing Title IX. It is a really interesting story in terms of her mom was the the first um, non-Caucasian female who was elected to Congress came from Hawaii. So it talks a little bit about this was the time when Hawaii became a state. Mm. Um, it talks about how she became a lawyer but couldn't get a job because of racism. And um, so she became a congressperson instead and wrote Title IX. Um it's 20 minutes, really fascinating. It's an interesting watch. Um, highly support it. Um, and um, we've got a couple of links to uh, some chat GPT, uh, kind of from different perspectives. One is um, chat GPT isn't the only way to use AI in education. Um, but it may also be useful for creating meaningful connections and learning experiences for children and help foster more equitable outcomes. And then we have um, a bit on my perspective on chat GPT and creativity and teaching where the, um, the bit is that yeah, uh, I'm not excited. I don't think it will be the doom of academics or even current approaches to assessment. So you got some different views here of what's going on and, and how it's going on. So uh, those links are over at the, um, over on uh, our website. But you also might want to check out... Um, something from the Axis Culture Translator. It goes along with what you're talking about uh, with the taking the Coursera stuff. Um, at, on the Culture Translator this week, there was a link to YouTube U or an article called YouTube U. And what it is, 
is individuals can now earn college credit through Arizona State University by watching YouTube videos through their newly newly launched program called Study Hall. Application fees are $25 a course. Uh, Once coursework is completed, you can then opt to pay around $400 for uh, transferable college credits from the course. So there you go. Um, Wow. University through YouTube U. Arizona State University. You know, and on one hand, I think back to what Apple had with iTunes mm-hmm. University, and now that's kind of gone away. But, yeah. Was that just too early or I think not, so. the right, not the right uh, setup or what? Well, one thing I know for sure is the right setup for you is to head over to middleschoolmatters.com check out all the links there um look at some of the resources of course you will find links where you can listen to the show and how you can reach out we would love to hear from you um there's links for all of that over on the show over on the webpage. so um and then of course share that with a friend or colleague and we would absolutely love it if you would go to the um, podcatcher of your choice give us a five star rating tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host easy for me to say um, but with that this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care all opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guests and not indicative of any employer.